Today in space, we are going to be discussing the future of space 2060, a report on the Space Futures Workshop by Air Force Space Command on September 5th, 2019. Why are we talking about this? This document, I haven't decided yet if it's going to be something we're going to be talking about for the next 20 years, uh, or by the projection of this 40 years, or if this is something that will just fizzle out and not be a thing. But the thing that makes me change my mind about if this report will just fizzle into the past, like some other attempt to bring space into the future, I'm going to take a stab at this one. And I very much enjoyed reading this report. It's it's really not that dense a read. Like you would expect a, a report on space to be really difficult to read, but it's organized extremely well. And it plots out basically from the U.S.'s perspective that we are leading space, we want to keep continue continuing to lead space, but they're also very much aware that we're losing ground day in and day out. And basically they're looking ahead of the future, being very strategic and saying, what are the different scenarios that could be happening in the future and how do we prepare for those? How, uh, you know, which scenarios is the US a leader? Which scenarios are allies and potentially like rivals? in charge and then when uh, what are the scenarios if our adversaries are in charge so obviously it has that approach but it also very interestingly enough very interestingly enough talks about the three axis of space power and that is life in space money in space and leadership in space so with those three things, they made a chart and basically had an optimized of like, here is the best, most optimistic, most expansive scenario. And then here is the worst case scenario for space futures at 2060. And then what are all the variations in between on the axis of life in space, money in space, and leadership in space? So to give you a, just a brief overview of, of this, and, and, and then we'll dive into a little bit more of the specifics of all the, the detailed points, the nine different scenarios, I, I think there's nine, uh, scenarios of space futures. They're very, very interesting, but I just wanted to say that I'm very, very impressed with the report. It To me, it looks like they know what's happening right now in space, which... You know, I say that out loud, and I was thinking about this, and it seemed obvious to me up to all week, but I realized that there are probably people in the military and other places, especially in Air, Air Force Space Command, if they're listening. Um, but nevertheless, uh, someone who's in the military, they're probably going, well, yeah, obviously, they're preparing for this. It's it's just that I'm so used to the other side of, you know, hey, oh, we've got this plan we're going to do, but it's going to take forever. It's going to cost too much money. And then we've got the SpaceX side that goes really fast. This, to me shows a military that's ready for that next step. Uh, but it also brings up a really serious issue that this report and the creation of Space Command and the Space Force, the greatest military branch of all time, the greatest, the best, they're taking this seriously. They're taking the, from what I can tell, the seriousness of space being a next warfighting domain very seriously. But there's also a lot of what I would say maturity I don't, I don't have a better word for it right now, but that the ideal situation 
is this Star Trek uh, idea. It's basically that, you know, we are going to expand the amount of life that is out there, which will then spur enough of an economy and a self-sustaining thing that it becomes, basically, it's like the, the space economy booms. And with basically the U.S. in charge, then we can kind of transition to this state where just like with airliners and, you know, when you take a plane, like I just went to Amsterdam, went to another country, crossed borders, checked passport, they checked me in, each one has their own thing. Ideally, if everything works, the most perfect scenario, the Star Trek scenario, we transition to tourism in space and we're able to travel to different countries, uh, locations that, you know, that own different uh, space stations or or different property in space, different colonies and and, and really expand and it becomes uh, 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 there become these border patrols at these places and each one would have their own rules. But that is the most ideal scenario. Obviously, the worst case scenario, the dark skies scenario is uh, definitely not. And I'll read that from the report right now. So for this one, it's the section C. This is focusing just on military dominance futures. And there's two. There's the space today, which is basically space is a warfighting domain. The U.S. is in charge. And basically, you know, there aren't really that many humans in space. And most everything is for basically military space systems. Now, these military space systems are in LEO and GEO. And they're highly resilient, maneuverable, robotically refuelable. This is the craziest one on there. Self-healing to attack. This is in the approved for public release version of this. Highly integrated, artificial intelligence driven, highly autonomous, and reconstitution ability is enhanced. So that is the positive version of that future. Uh, the wild frontier, the dark skies, is, as they say, a negative outcome. And it's the same as above, except an alternate nation and its allies are the dominant space power. So basically, uh, the US are on the receiving end of that exchange. So with that, it's a heavy report. There's a lot going on here, but I will say that, and the report even, even states it at the end, I'll paraphrase it, but the report is saying that this is not them trying to predict the future. They are trying to, as a first step, the U.S. needs to get involved and get into this. What are our steps? How can we start plotting this on a course to predict these futures? Here's our first guess. They're meant to help people strategize and help think. So you know, we definitely expect to be around in 2060, so we <laughs> want to prepare for this. And 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 this is a very interesting place to start. Uh, I think it's pretty realistic from, from what I can tell. And I definitely want you guys to check it out. We're going to have the link for this in here. Read it, go through it, and tell us what you think because I, st I still can't believe this report came out. But it just means that things are getting serious and this future of space is coming, you know, I think in the opening speech they even said this is this is this generation's Sputnik moment or something like that. And when the military decides they're going to get involved, they're going to get involved. So here we go. Better start talking about it now. No you no need 5, 10, 15, 20, 25, 30 years if you're you're a real uh conspiracy theorist on on the military being involved. Better start looking into that now, because if, if I hear you talking about this 20 years from now, as if it's brand new, we're, we're going to laugh. So get prepared, check out the report, we've got a lot to talk about, and think about.
So what I'm going to do is break down the report a little bit more. We're going to dive in just to the, the specific examples here. So they have this amazing, really simplified chart where it actually goes through the, the, the space futures with the axis of space power up here. Definitely, like I just said, check it out. But we're not going to do all your homework here. We're just going to talk about the one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, eight, not nine, eight scenarios of potential space futures for 2060 and get you thinking about it. I'll share a little bit of my thoughts on that. And yeah, let's dive in. Uh, please comments below if you have any questions or if you have any thoughts, you want to keep the discussion going, check us out in the comments there. You can always check us out on Instagram, Today in Space Pod, Twitter, Today in Space Pod. We're there. We're ready. Uh, Facebook group, Today in Space Podcast. All right. So if we look at this, we have here the life, money, and allied leadership up top here. So these are the axis of power for positive and for just generally space futures in general. Uh, up here, Star Trek, Elysium, Garden Earth, those are positive because uh, we are in charge. Uh, it's expanding human life. And in either scenario, Elysium or Garden Earth, we're either getting more money or more life expansion. So let's go into each one of those right now. Again, the most optimistic and expansive scenario is Star Trek, where the U.S. coalition, which means the U.S. and all the allies that work together in international partnerships, et cetera, et cetera, retains leadership over the space domain and has introduced free world laws and process that have led to significant global, civil, commercial, and military expanse in space and resulted in large revenue streams. Thousands of humans live or work in space at a variety of habitats across cislunar space, the moon, and Mars. So that that's a lot. And they're definitely not, you know, further in this report, they talk about the importance of having a long-term positive goal that the U.S. and Americans need to reach for, something that has kind of been missing since, I mean, even before the space shuttle, even the space shuttle. The space shuttle was amazing technology, but... We, we didn't really have a next step of where to go after the shuttle, and we retired it. We retired it, so there, there, there really wasn't a plan. And once the shuttle was gone, we lost track of our progress in space. So I love that this report and how they're, they're planning ahead is that we need that ultimate goal of what we're reaching for, and then all these other scenarios are where else we could lie in, in the possible futures. Now, Garden Earth is optimistic and expansive. The U.S. coalition retains leadership over space domain and has introduced free world laws and processes that have led to significant global, civil, commercial, and military expansion in space and resulted in large revenue streams. So that's good. Lots of space money. We've got a lot of expansion in space. But, and this is a really interesting scenario that, who knows, could be a sidestep of what we do is that most processes, you know, human presence is limited, and most of the processes of space and all of that stuff are controlled uh, remotely or robotically. So in these scenarios, we're not really piloting the spacecraft and looks like even taking full advantage of it. It's just we've made it safe, we made it automated, and we benefit from a, a space economy and the fact that the U.S. has influenced the space economy in the beginning and the culture. Now, Elysium, 
which is optimistic and expansive, is listed as positive here. Now, obviously, if, if you think about the movie Elysium, if you take it directly from that, that may seem like an odd word choice there. But here, it's the same thing. U.S. coalition is in leadership. Same, you know, significant changes in the expansion of, of space. Thousands of humans live or work in space in a variety of habitats. And here were, again, cislunar space, the moon, and Mars. But the financial gains have not been seen. And that's actually kind of funny that they named it Elysium because, you know, obviously there was that extreme disparagement of wealth from those in Elysium and those back on Earth. And then here, basically, commercial activity is basically there to sustain the communication and, and operations and being able to go from low Earth orbit to geostationary orbit and, you know, keeping up communications with Mars, Moon, and everything else, Earth, that's Elysium. Now, if we go to section B, which is negative futures, we've got Zhang He, Wild Frontier, and Zai's Dream. So in this scenario, they are basically saying up front that there is obviously the chance that another nation, another power could get to the point where they go past us in space. China, they literally call out, China is the most likely one to do this. So these scenarios are the scenarios when these other powers displace us in some way as a leader in space. Now, Zhang He is expansive, but the most pessimistic. And on the axis of space power, we're seeing a focus on human expanse and a space economy. And basically, instead of having, uh, you know, our way of laws and how we do business, basically, that another country would come in and put their own laws and not make it competitive and basically say, hey, we like you, you get the business. And that's how things are done. And there are thousands of humans that live and maintain, you know, a lunar and Mars bases, but it's furthering things like national prestige. So here there's a very nationalistic spin on the whole space thing. Wild Frontier is definitely interesting. It's kind of like the Wild West, Wild Frontier of space, where basically there's no clear individual space power in charge, which could happen if, if China and the U.S. get into kind of a stalemate of space power and it, it all just kind of evens out in the wash. We we're, basically have this just crazy time where there's all these space capabilities and and basically the, the thing that makes the most money has the most national prestige or is in some way or another an, an individual's goal of space, the actual expansion of like humans living on other planets, which is definitely, I think, a major, major need, a major want in, in, in what I would say today in space represents is the expansion of people is definitely what we're looking for in in spaces is spreading out the human race across the universe at least the solar system that's a major thing here but basically the the major focus here the the access of space power is money so the, this it's all about what's the quickest gain not about the end goal of let's expand humankind it's really just become focused in how can we make the most money and no one's in charge and then there's Zai's dream which is expansive but pessimistic again another Nation is leading uh, the space effort, the space power, uh, space culture, space momentum. And this is honestly kind of like the backup plan for today in space here. <laughs> Here's Zai's dream. You know, the U.S. doesn't make it. Uh, another power displaces us as the lead in, in space. And they decide that human expansion is the most important thing. So, you know, there really isn't a 
financial. There's no real good space economy, but there is this drive to to spread humanity across uh, at least the solar system, at least in our bases in on the Mars and Moon. This is 2060, remember? And expanding it for the sake of expanding it. And you know, here uh, we talked about C already. The military dominance is space today and dark skies. You know, the space today thing is basically the the most boring version of this show. Where, where, and no offense, but basically we're just like, okay, the military sent up a satellite that we don't really know about, and it did something. We watched its orbit. We literally just sat there with a telescope and watched the orbit. Although who knows by 2060, we may be, uh, they didn't mention invisibility or, uh, cloaking, but I'm sure there it would get to that point. Uh, if, if the mission was secret enough. So space today is the most boring version of today in space. Uh, so let's hope it doesn't only become a military operation of just, you know, Hey, we launched another satellite for communications. We launched another satellite to make sure our enemies are at bay. Okay. And of course, Wild Frontier, basically, we lose the ability to go into space, which is terrible. So that is the end of the Air Force Space Command Space Futures Report for 2060. I really enjoyed it. I hope that was a good breakdown because I know many of you are not going to read this. So this is probably the only way you're going to learn about the report. So I hope you enjoyed this. I hope this was valuable for you. Uh, if you have any questions, again, comments below. Let's get the conversation started there. I've really been enjoying the conversation we'll be having. Keep it up. Thank you so much. Love talking about space. And of course, you can always follow us on Today in Space Pod on Instagram and Twitter, Today in Space Podcast Facebook page, and todayinspace.net is the website. You can find everything there. Um, you can also follow us on AG with 3D Printing at AG3D Printing on Instagram and Twitter. You can see what we're doing and you can see what we're 3D printing, learn about 3D printing from home. And if you really do want to get something 3D printed, you can come to ag3d-printing.com and reach out to us and we'll help you get something 3D printed. Whether we need to help you design it, whether you have a model you already want to get done, you just need it 3D printed, we've got you covered. So check us out. Let us know you listen to the podcast and we'll give you guys a discount. Uh, as a thank you for listening. And that does it for this week's episode of Today in Space. Thank you for following us. Spread the word. Tell everybody, if if they're even slightly interested in space, join in. Look, if you listen to one episode a month, I'm happy. But we're here every week for you. So spread the word. Let's, let's help spread some science, spread some love, and have a great week. And we'll see you next time for the next episode of Today in Space. Bye.